and I'm pointing at Hannah. <laughs> oh, thank God, because I really had no idea when to go on this crazy, <laughs> insane remote world that I don't understand for Dorcadia. I'm Hannah Goldberg-Craig. Uh, I'm Jonathan Spengler. And I'm Charles Spur. Well done. Well done, all of us. We figured out how to introduce ourselves. Uh, to, to be fair, uh, the way Zoom is showing you guys, that went perfectly. Just saying. <laughs> Ta-da! Mm-hmm. It didn't I mean, on my screen. I know. I was like, I know that's not online, but so no, good, not for good us job, all. John, for being like, this is my perspective, and it worked. <laughs> okay, we were having a serious conversation before um, I interrupted and was like, wait, we should probably introduce ourselves. We were talking about kind of like when shit got serious and and like how how has that that been? Hey guys, we haven't done a podcast in three months. Uh, what have you all been up to? No. <laughs> I was, but like seriously, like things have been weird for I, weird for me because I have been watching people struggle, especially with you know some folks that have been out of work, people that have uh, are like frontline workers, right? Like the people that are working in dangerous situations. I am working for a a video game, you know, industry. I am not out there in the public. And I work for a business that is busier than ever right now. Like it's so other people are like, I, I don't have anything to do. I'm not working. I'm like, okay, so I have more work than I know how to do. And I'm not in the front lines. I'm not any of that. So like, it's, it's crazy. Like I feel bad because I'm not like, I want to, I don't know what the, what the right word is. I can, I can sympathize with them, but I can't, or no, I can empathize, but I can't necessarily sympathize. Like I'm not having the exact same experience. So it's, it's a little weird. And I mean, I'm, I'm so lucky, right? <laughs> like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I am thankful for all of it, but it's weird. And, you know, I work in media and public relations. So all day, every day, I'm just looking at the news and I'm like, no, it's fine. Who wants to play some video games? <laughs> yeah. My, the, the company that I work for, our business is helping fund small businesses. So this has been a challenging few months. I am extremely grateful because my company is very employee focused. So we had a few layoffs, but they were people who were already planning on leaving or who had already put in their resignations. So they just equitably left a little bit earlier. We had a few furloughs um, and those, well, there's more than a few furloughs. We did have some furloughs, but as soon as the Paycheck Protection Program funds came in, we were able to bring everybody back and everybody has been staying back and that's been great. There was, however, a period of time where my team was cut in half and I was the only non-manager who was still on the team. And I am now the only writer at the company and it will probably remain that way for some time. I don't have any of my freelancers uh, anymore, Um, just kind of a lot of stuff like that. So yeah, like I definitely feel for the folks who have who have lost jobs or who have been out of work but I definitely have a very hard time putting myself in the same bucket of just like oh, I don't have anything to do because I feel like every day is busier and busier and busier and then with the BLM protests of the last few weeks that has just really gotten even more so because much like Megan um, I work in a position that deals with a lot of outward facing content and social and public relations and uh, we're a much smaller company so they kind of all blump together for us and yeah it's been um, it's been pretty exhausting also I'm in Pennsylvania and I have been for like three months yeah you're in the middle of nowhere <laughs> excuse me I'm in the middle of Pennsylvania <laughs> I think that <laughs> We're only an hour and 40 minutes away from Philadelphia and like 50 minutes away from Baltimore and like four or five hours away from Pittsburgh and like so four actually, hours away from NYC. Hannah, you forgot to actually push up your glasses when you um actually. Um, actually. <laughs> For listeners who can't see, she just used her middle finger to push up her glasses. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah I, I came out here very near the uh, early start of the pandemic to um, help my mom out. She's she's older and she's uh, part of the at-risk population for COVID. So uh, while ticket prices were cheap and my office was fully remote, I said, screw it. And I uh, flew out here to help her out. It was the weirdest flight I've ever been on in my life. The flight from Seattle to Pittsburgh had 13 people on it. That was it. We were all spaced very far apart. 
And then the wow. flight from Pittsburgh to Baltimore was myself and one other guy. Nice. Yep. <laughs> On a 747. It was wild. <laughs> That's wow. amazing. Yeah. I mean, like 747s are big place yeah uh, yeah th- th- someone should do the math on how much money they spent carting you from point a to point b <laughs> the amount of trouble i've had with airlines in my life i actually felt pretty <laughs> i felt pretty great on that flight i am not gonna lie um, they, they, br- they they brought you extra snacks like i'm sure just like specifically because you because the i'm sure the staff outnumbered the yeah oh yeah uh, yeah. By yeah, by uh, gosh, like probably three times. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was fantastic. Although I will say the flight attendants mostly just hung out and kept to themselves and chatted. And and me and the I I don't even know what the other person looked like. He was in the front of the plane, and I was in the back of the plane. Um, but we yes, we did get extra snacks, and that was really great. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, you had mentioned earlier that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't tell if you're working harder or not right. because you're working, but you have your DS sitting on your desk. <laughs> right. So one of the defining factors of of being a friend with me is that I've worked the same shitty dead end job for way too long. Uh, man, self worth is tough to wrestle with. But now yeah. I have a new job, and the new job rules. Uh, and I really like the company that I work for. But like you guys with the pandemic and not really connecting with the larger American experience, uh, I started onboarding remotely, like literally the second week of the stay at home order in Washington. So I've been fully remote. Uh, I got to see my um, my direct boss once during the interview before the quarantine uh, and then once a, sec- uh, a second time just to get my work laptop. And that was it. And that was because we both went to the Seattle office and it was a ghost town and we just picked up the laptop and left. So, yeah. So my world has been like weirdly busy in the sense that I'm working from home and I've never worked from home before. Uh, and I, I, I never stop thinking of work. I always want to check in on work. I always want to check my emails. I have a list of things I need to do tomorrow. It's always there. And like I said uh, to Megan and Charles earlier, uh, I also have my DS on my desk, and I'm on like Strata 10 of uh, Etrian Odyssey, uh, Millennium Girl uh, uh, Untold, uh, the remake of the first game. And like if I have downtime, I just play my DS while I'm working. And by quote unquote working, I mean I'm like, yeah, it's time for a 10 minute break. And instead of having a smoke break where I go to the kitchen and grab a snack or something, I just pop open my DS. So I have no work boundaries right now. I've worked for the same shitty company for 13 fucking years. And it's just a bunch of children watching over your shoulder to make sure you do work. And now I'm working remotely in my house playing DS and also answering emails at 645 at night because I forgot something. Either I'm a superhero or I'm a piece of shit. We'll figure it out. I don't know. But this quarantine has been very strange. Uh, and I don't I know. Think you can do both, <laughs> sir. And also, uh, you were describing the last decade of my work experience. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how much into the, like, the situation going on in Seattle we're going to go into or the larger picture if we're going to keep it to like video games playing and stuff to kind of catch up. Because uh, for me, at least, uh, this is a catch up with my friends as well during quarantine, this recording. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, but, let's be very clear. Dorcadia has really actually been about friends getting together and talking about games and whatever we find fun. Um, oh, yeah, and for there's sure. a microphone in the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, we just decided we should just, you know, go ahead and record this and be yeah. productive while we're having fun. Sure. So, yeah, like the larger picture uh, kind of upheaval in America right now, I guess we should probably point out this is being recorded in the middle of June uh, 2020. You know, I've never felt like this is the first time in my life that like I in in the last couple of years, I've tried to be more connected to the news and I've tried to be more try to be more gauged and stuff like I feel better as a human being with how I'm especially as a white guy that doesn't have to think about it, like how much I'm thinking about it and engaging you know, in the larger picture. Uh, and this is the first time I think in my entire life, like my brain actually switched gears and said, hey, you have to pay attention to this or else. As opposed to like, oh, I want to be up on, on 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 current events. I'm like, holy fuck, like like Seattle City Hall last night was full of protesters and I better watch the live stream of it because this is going to directly impact me. 
And I did. And I watched that live stream for like an hour. And I'm now following people from that protest. And it's really interesting and great. And I'm, I am not physically out there. Uh, that is a not a badge of honor I'm proud of. Like people are braver than me and risking COVID to go out and protest right now. But I am putting money behind things, spending time looking at what I can donate to. I feel very blessed that I'm employed during this time. I'm not sitting on my ass wondering what where my next paycheck is going to come from. And I'm putting a meaningful chunk of that income into, uh, you know, supporting people that are actually putting their skin out there, which is something I'm not doing. So yeah. this quarantine's weird. I feel good about myself and what I'm doing. It's a weird new paradigm, but also um, society's crumbling and I uh, don't know what to do about it. So I'm like, here, have have $200. Does that enough? I don't know anymore. Just, yeah. I'll donate in a while again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Time is a flat circle and it's hard to know what, what causes impact now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, being aware of your presence, your impact, your words, uh, your presence, all of those things is something to take into consideration. I think the best piece of advice that I got from anybody recently is uh, you have to give yourself some grace. Um, mm-hmm. you, you have to, you know, give yourself some, some space to, to be okay. Uh, but you also have to take this time to learn and yeah. to listen and to be, you know, hear what other people are saying. And, you know, it's, everything is uncomfortable right now. <laughs> everything. It's not just, um, about, you know, being out there and, and protesting. Cause that, that is only a part of the conversation that doesn't happen. Like what happens when you're at home and what words do you say when you're at home? What media do you read? What, what do you consume? Uh, what, what do you consider as representation? Like how, how are you making space for other people? Like all of that matters. Right. Um, that, yeah. I'm sorry. I just wanted to chime in. And I think another place that is, that is really important that um, sometimes we kind of overlook or maybe this is just me speaking from like personal experience because of some of the stuff that I've been dealing with is that, um, you know, using your privilege to be able to speak up at work um, to make a difference in your workplace. Like we, we have this very outdated thought that, you know, anything quote unquote political, this is not, you know, Black Lives Matter is not political. It is truth. But anything that like represents your opinion should be withheld from the workplace. And that is Mm -hmm. dangerous because silence is complicity. So yeah, being able to like, you know, uh, one thing that I saw happen a lot at my company was many, many, many of our team members emailed our CEO. um, And we're like, what's what are we doing? What are we, you know, of putting this emphasis on this? There was some, you know, work that my team has been doing where we kind of disagreed with some of the initial decisions and we were like well what can we do and you know there is definitely like being able to step forward and raise your hand in places that you occupy and that you take space up in on a regular basis that can still be kind of risky like it's not you know those conversations are uncomfortable to have and it's harder when you're dealing with someone like you know your boss that has like a level of power over you or financial power over you but you know if you aren't out risking like your physical health you can still make a big difference and still understand that there are risks that are worth taking i i'm i'm with you i i my heart has been breaking because i can't go out and and march and protest um i i desperately wanted to and i was actually i was ready to on monday but we've started to see a second spike of covid cases here and i just i if it was just me i would do it but i have to think about my mom and i can't make that decision for her it's just not fair and it's just not right but you know it's still there are still th- there are still always actions you can take even if it's not physically putting yourself out there donating is great like megan said learning reading i think it would be great if maybe in our show notes we can include some really good resources charles and i got a a whole list of them (laughs) yeah i think megan and megan and i would be super super happy to help curate some of those resources for sure but yeah i completely agree like you know taking those actions learning educating speaking out where you can all really helpful and all something that we need to do i would say one of the things that i've struggled with as a you know group of nerds of friends that play video games is where do we see that in our media and what are games and publishers and developers that are in that space 
and I struggle with like, how do I consume that media? Where do I find that media? Do we as a group like have any thoughts on that? Are there, there games and groups that we should be looking at? So right now there is, well, well, okay. So uh, there is a list that, I'll, this is great radio. Uh, there's a list of games created by people of color that has been circulating. There's a uh, Itch.io actually uh, yeah. list of um, a bundle that you can get uh, specifically filled with games from creators uh, that are people of color, which is really Yay. great. Specifically one of them, is fucking treachery and beatdown city uh and i'm gonna just because this is a, a podcast about nerdy shit that game fucking rules it is river city <laughs> it is river city ransom only good it's super great uh and if you want to watch uh horrific uh characters of white people get dunked on with fists it's amazing it's super great i am uh, more down for that today than i ever have been in my entire life <laughs> Uh, if if you literally want to open up Dragon Quest style bonds, uh, I'm sorry, Dragon Quest style menus to chain together wrestling moves and grapples on a Karen, then uh, Treachery and Beatdown City is amazing. It's made by a person of color. It's fucking fabulous. I'll send a link to Charles after for that itch.io bundle. That's that really would be great. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, there is also just just as long as I'm talking about itch.io. Uh, there's an itch.io bundle going right now, as, at least as of this recording. I'm not sure if it's still going to be going live uh, when this comes out. Uh, it's up to four, I think, four million dollars now. It's a five, like five dollar minimum donation bundle that now has fifteen hundred items in it: full games, indie darlings, a bunch of weirdo indie games, tabletop RPG PDFs, game assets for game developers. If you want to make indie games and want packs of art and music, it's up to four million fucking dollars. Their oh current goal is five million, and it's really great. That is incredible. That's uh, what so, is the uh, so I mean so that that's the the buy-in. What is the money going towards? Glad you asked. That's a necessary question, and it's actually pretty sick. I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth. Yeah, uh, it's at right now as of the recording, it's at four point three million out of a goal of five million. They just keep upping the goal. <laughs> it is a fifty-fifty split uh, between the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund and the Community Bail Fund. Fantastic. Yeah. So it is, uh, it's actually worth uh, fucking uh, buying. Uh, Also, do you want to play Night in the Woods, Overland, A Short Hike, Mortician's Tale, Celeste, stuff like that? I mean, it's, it's really great. Um, There's also some RPG, like table, uh, I'm always the tabletop RPG guy on the podcast. Like there's some RPGs in there, like uh, John Harper's Blades in the Dark, which is a actual like, high-profile indie darling RPG that is in there for free. Well, not free. It's part of the bazillion products in there. Yeah, it's really great. I'll send Charles the link to both of those. Highly recommended. Yeah, I'll get them in the show notes. Yep. All right, two things that came to mind. First of all, this is making me think of when you guys backed Reaper and you backed at a certain level and then I got 8 million (laughs) fucking minis and I was picking them out of my Roomba for a month. Uh, and I'm glad that these are all digital, so that won't be the case. Um, and second, talking about you being the, the RPG guy, um, or the tabletop guy, uh, I found the poster for Og. uh, Oh, nice. My house the other day. Uh, It was, uh, the the housing crisis one, the one with the volcano on it. That fucking (laughs) ruled. That was a great, that's still one of my favorite memories of tabletop games. Like (laughs) that game is not good, but it creates fucking ridiculous situations for people to yell in. It's great. It was a delight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still have the poster and I, st- I kept it. It is still living in, in my bookcase. Just in oh, case. that's that makes yeah. me feel pretty good. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. That's a, okay. it's, it's a cherished memory for me as well. <laughs> I was going to say, so uh, speaking of, you know, not feeling like a productive uh, employee, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm an office manager for an office <laughs> with no one in it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and while during the beginning of the whole pandemic, we were going through a technology upgrade, which ended up with me in the office seven days a week for like three weeks straight. You know, these days I go in like once a week to pick up some stuff and otherwise mm-hmm. I'm working from home, which is a lot of email. So let's I mean, be clear. He also goes into the office once a week because I have my therapy sessions and I need him to not be here. <laughs> I can't imagine why you would need me to not be in the house for your therapy. Yes. In our tiny little box that we live yes. in. <laughs> but you know, it's been interesting trying to be a work from home office manager. So 
I also spend a lot of time consuming more media than I had before because I do a lot of like watching email. Okay. Um, so my biggest challenge with that is like Charles likes to stream, right? So he's uh, mixer.com forward slash Arcadia for anybody who's, uh, that's my, my subtle plug. Mm-hmm. But so Charles It likes, becomes less subtle when you call it I know. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Charles is streaming, um, right? So- I work in the gaming industry. I am working with a lot of confidential information and I need to know when he is live streaming something. So I either need to like not say something or like when I need to switch from like certain news to like code words. <laughs> like, hey guys, Project Santa Monica needs to go. <laughs> I would like to be very clear. There is not actually a Project Santa Monica. He is making that up. That is not actually a code name. <laughs> so you're telling me I need to watch Charles's stream and then enhance. <laughs> computer, enhance. Yes, just yell at your computer to enhance and you will get all of the secret news. <laughs> it's all it's all reflected in like you have to enhance on his eye and it's all reflected in the retina. Um Yeah. <laughs> A small side note. So something that I uh, love about this area that we don't get very much in Seattle um, are the thunderstorms. The thing that I don't love about thunderstorms is when they happen when I'm doing something that requires an active internet connection. So if I suddenly drop off. You've been struck by lightning. Yeah, we understand. I have been struck by lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you understand. The- second second week I was here, by the way. Uh, no. You got God, struck by lightning? Little close. I'm sorry. It wasn't that it was the first week I was here. The <laughs> second day, I think, that I was doing work from home, that I was totally adjusting to like, you know, working PST, living EST, all of that. Tornado warnings. <laughs> Yellow sky outside, mm-hmm. severe mm-hmm. weather warnings, the whole nine yards. I'm like telling my team, who is all based out of Seattle, like, hey, no big deal. Just, you know, if I suddenly go offline, a tornado probably took out our power. Uh, it's really okay. Um, and I have, grew, like, I grew up in this area, right? Like, I've, I've half my life I lived here. I've dealt with all of this and everything. And it totally doesn't phase me. I'm very used to it. Yeah. Did not realize how dire that sounds when you aren't used to it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Hannah. You know, I'm just loving the whole, like, uh, hey, you know, if I go offline, tornado probably. It's fine. Took out my power. You say that to me. I'm like, it took off your fucking roof. That's what I'm hearing. Well, okay, yeah. So, well, that's the thing, though, is because, like, when I was a kid and used to be scared about, like, bad weather and stuff, mm-hmm. um, uh, the house that I'm in now, my parents' house, is this, like, 125-year-old monstrosity of a oh, house. Oh, yeah, that makes me feel better. Well, yeah. no, because my dad <laughs> used to iterate every single natural disaster that this house, like, literally, because he had such a good memory for this every single natural disaster that this house has survived through to illustrate the point that this most recent natural disaster won't take it out and everything will be fine. So I'm totally fine here and I am never concerned about anything. Also, we have a basement. It's fine. It really is fine. But yes, my, my team, my team uh, was concerned to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Hannah, you didn't (laughs) warn me. I'm concerned now retroactively. Well, this I mean, well, like what if we were in California? We were like, well, there was an earthquake, but it was only a four. Right. That's so, exactly right. Yes. That's exactly right. So, I, I panic like at a four-point earthquake, Charles. My parents' house will crumble <laughs> if it is anywhere near. That thing is made out of matchsticks. There are more termites than wood. No. I suppose it depends on what structure you're in. Yeah. No, anyway, so, so so I grew up with tornadoes as well, and there's really only two settings for people that are uh, familiar with tornadoes. It's it's people that grew up with them and don't give a shit, and then people that watch Twister. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> yes. it. And it, everyone sees I, Helen Hunt ho- like <laughs> clutching onto a fucking bar. That's it. I'm like sorry, that's not what it's. We got cows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that might be a the reference. same cow. I've never. Yeah. I've never... Watch. Oh, you never watched. Oh, you should watch. You Twister. should watch Twister. It okay. So you know what? Fun okay, dumb. guys, we need to do a uh, a stream night, right? Like, we that, can do a, yes. a cast where we can watch. Twister it. would be a whole. It would be dumb <laughs> movie to stream with people. What a waste of time. That would be so fucking great. I, I, <laughs> Twister is one of those movies where I don't know why, but I've probably seen it like fifty times. 
Like, I don't know why. That's it's why. Not, <laughs> yes, Probably. you're right. Thing you're is, right. Twister, you have to watch it the first time not knowing what you're going into. Well, and, I've and, never seen it. So and perfect. And you can look up things like flubs. Yes. <laughs> what are flubs? Uh, you mean like flubs as are in continuity like, errors yeah, in uh, like, movies. Uh, like T2, when the semi-truck goes off the overpass to chase after them, and the windshield breaks out when it hits the ground, and mm-hmm. then the next shot, like, the dude's punching the windshield out. Yep. I just rewatched that, actually. Man, I watched it. By the way, I watched Terminator 1 and 2 within a couple days of each other. Those are great movies, and they're worth your time to go back and rewatch. And Terminator 1 is better. Terminator 2 is more fun. What? It's super great. Yeah, Terminator no. One is way better than Terminator Two. Terminator T2 Two, the T, no T Two deserves your favorite slot. It absolutely deserves it. It's my favorite too. T One is so good. It's like the perfect sci-fi thriller. And T Two is not a sci-fi thriller. It's a sci-fi epic that explores Sarah Connor. It's totally different. It's it's just it's just I'm sorry. No, it's totally different. Go, our listeners should go rewatch those movies. They're super good. <laughs> That actually, that actually leads me to the question that I wanted to pose to y'all tonight. Y'all? Y'all. I'm yep. sorry. Y'all? No, no, I love y'all. I defend y'all. I die on that hill. <laughs> I, I, I have been here for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have sorry, been here. go on. I have been here for a couple of months, actually. No, We've the been question... off the air for like three years. I don't know time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I, I gotta say, some bad stuff went down in my family uh, in, like, mid-December, and so that, it, since then, like, time has had absolutely no meaning for me, and this has been uh, just the weirdest year of my life. It, yeah, no, time, Megan is right, time is a flat circle, it has no meaning, it's an artificial construction that we bind ourselves to. What has Some of us you... are just, like, nodding along with this, I'm like, yes, totally <laughs> uh-huh. agree, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> um. What is one thing that has gotten you through quarantine, shelter in place, pandemic? Um, like, yeah. what is your like your top thing that's kind of got you through? Do you mind if I jump in first? I was hoping Please. you would because I know what it is. It's Minecraft. <laughs> it's Minecraft. I have been playing so much Minecraft. So the the group of role playing nerds that I've been playing uh, weekly, seven days to die games with uh, got sick of seven days to die because it's a shitty game we'll go back to it uh but we got sick of it and uh i actually recommended uh, uh replacing seven days to die on like a weekly schedule of just getting together for a couple hours every week uh with minecraft minecraft is chill you can play it during the week you can get together and play it together and do creative projects and i mostly suggest I, and keep in mind i'm actually the youngest person in that group i think and we're, so we're all 33 plus and uh, I've bounced off of Minecraft a ton. It, it's a creative game. I just kind of like chucked it off in the distance, just said this is for someone else. It's for kids. It's for more creative people than me. It's not for me. Uh, and then the moment I started playing it with friends and I could build things that my friends could see and we were tackling problems together, sharing resources, going on little adventures to go unlock the next achievement. Because, you know, Minecraft has like basic survival mode achievements to go to like other dimensions and stuff. The moment that there were other human connections in the creative formula for Minecraft, um, I was hooked. I was play- like, I've only played Minecraft since February. And I, I don't know how many hours I put into it, but it must be over 100, 150 hours. I was playing two to six hours a day when I was unemployed, and I kept up playing a little bit every single day for a long time. The, my friends also were in the same boat where they bounced off of Minecraft, and they thought that it was for younger people. It wasn't for them. The, the one guy with kids was like, yeah, I've played, I've played Minecraft with my kids, but I haven't really gotten into it. And then the moment we were all peers playing the same server, everyone really liked it. Minecraft was a chill way for me to offload a lot of my anxieties to jump into a separate world where I didn't necessarily have godlike powers. Like part of Minecraft is that you can't define all the things you can do. You have to play with the Lego set that you're given. It's really a great, perfect needle threading of a creative game plus a creative game with constraints. And I mean, I was building elven towers and like gigantic domes with like reflecting pools and and wizard towers and shit. Like it was so it was so much fun, and it was such a great platform to connect with people that I honestly cannot tell you whether or not I got more value from like the projects I was doing during the week 
where like I made a railway system to connect my friends' places, and it just was busy work, but it was super great once it was done and people started using it, and I fucking love it. Uh, or if I got more cre- more reward from like the creative endeavors I was doing, or just from the fact that we all had a shared space to jump in, be ourselves, group up if we wanted to, go do our thing if we wanted to. And for like three hours on a Thursday night, we could all just like kind of connect. And if someone needed to bitch about quarantine or talk about some weird work situation, or we just talked about the protests or something like it was, uh, if there was one thing to answer Hannah's original question, like if there was one thing that kept me sane, it was during the last like two and a half months, it's the human connection from Minecraft along with like the perfectly crafted limited creativity that Minecraft gives you that as soon as I had buds in the game, like I totally keyed in on, I would highly recommend literally anybody from age five to, to, to 500 play Minecraft with buddies at least for a couple of hours. It's a lot of fun. It's shenanigans, laughs, and uh, you get to make a wizard tower and it's fucking sick. It's pretty can awesome. Can you put that like in writing somewhere so I can send that to my PR person? <laughs> Remember where I work. <laughs> I'm only... I'm. Uh, I'm not talking about Minecraft Bedrock Edition. Bedrock Edition is a virus that is going to ruin your computer. The Java <laughs> Edition is the best. It has mods. It's the oldest. It's the best supported. You should really okay, play so Java Okay, so no only. longer put that in writing. <laughs> <laughs> no, John, Minecraft is... Yeah. I think, John, I think that is amazing. I am. Mm-hmm. I, I totally am behind it. I would like to point out that everyone on this podcast laughed at my farming commune when I was very passionate about chickens. <laughs> it was the exact same situation. Um, can I, I'm going to be honest with you, Hannah. Like, I know you're making a joke for podcast time. I thought about your chickens. Good. I had, no, I had, Good. I had, I was the one that read the wiki page. Cause, cause, okay. So also Minecraft exists in this weird moment of gaming when um, YouTube started coming into prominence. Mm-hmm. So the game has no tutorials. You have to go watch lispy eight-year-olds in YouTube videos and wiki pages for, to fucking understand how to raise cows. I don't get it. <laughs> I hate it, but I, I do it anyway. And so like I was tasked with by my own brain, no one asked me to do it, to make a farm in uh, Minecraft because I wanted to enchant gear and farming is like the best way to get experience points to do it. (laughs) So I made a farm and there I was putting fences down with gates so that people could get in, terraforming the land to make like a nice even spot. And I was going and getting the wheat that I needed to like get or the seeds I needed to get like chickens to come follow me from like islands that they were on to like go into my fucking little pen and then i shut the gate behind them and now they're my prisoners for murder and then i was feeding them so they would breed and stuff and i and i the first day i did this i was like fucking hannah's on to something this is pretty good <laughs> like i specifically thought about us giving you shit about the what was the blue chicken one of the space chicken i don't fucking know <laughs> It doesn't matter. Well, it's a blue chicken. Also, void chickens. Void chicken. I I believe at the time I was particularly passionate about the blue chicken because I had to romance the guy that gets you the blue chicken. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. No, you didn't tell that you had to romance a guy. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that. Yeah, in Stardew Valley, you know, there's a huge (laughs) there's a huge number of villagers. You can create relationships Mm -hmm. with all of them. And some of them, through doing that, you can unlock certain things. And there is a specific character with whom you romance. And it's actually kind of challenging. He's very moody. But I do quite like him. I believe his name is Sebastian. And mm. he works at the chicken farm. I can't remember. The agricultural like center. And yeah, he teaches you how to breed blue chickens. And that's how you get blue chickens. You have to romance him to get that. You actually have to marry him to get that. Oh, my God. I married the man for his chickens. <laughs> As long as he's on board. I mean, who cares? Like, that's great. I mean, it was a great story. Like, he has a great story. He's a very interestingly written character. He's not my favorite character, but, like, the story, the the, the subplot, or the, yeah, the subplot Mm. was was great, but I only did it because of the blue chickens. Only to call out John a little bit here, I do recall, like, oh, I don't know, like, six, seven years ago, my God, we've been doing this forever. Uh Um, You wrote, like, I don't know, a thousand words about a... Minecraft mod called Hexit. Hexit, yes. And specifically that, uh, I played Hexit for a couple of weeks uh, and it was fun. I did get to experience like what what a sandbox game was 
and I think that's what I got out of Hexit. It was like a sandbox game where like I didn't know what was around the next corner, but I didn't get into Minecraft. I didn't make houses. I didn't like craft. I didn't enchant a pickaxe to like be better at mining the earth, right? Uh, Hexit was a action RPG veneer on top of Minecraft, and that was uh, pretty fun. Like, I would like to go back. It does, it's not supported anymore. I mean, it's dead, unfortunately. I looked into it. I haven't forgotten about Hexit. I actually, I was wondering if I could, like, play it with my buddies now that we're playing Minecraft, and we and you can't. Yeah, I was actually kind of wondering about that. Like, Yeah, uh, well, you, you can install an old version of Minecraft and then play it, but eh. But yeah, like like I got to experience that, but I didn't get the whole um the the kind of things you miss out on where it's like your buddy has a mansion on top of a mountain that is like in the distance and you build a tunnel with your friends with a railway to go get there and you also like set up a home base that people are using. Like there's just a whole bunch of creative stuff I never engaged with in Hexit, and I needed Hexit's like action RPG veneer to really find Minecraft palatable. We specifically, when we started playing Minecraft, there's a lot of like mods that are quality of life mods that you absolutely should play with, and we didn't, because we all wanted the vanilla Minecraft experience, and getting that vanilla Minecraft experience is really great. Like I would highly recommend it. So no, I'm glad you brought up Hexit. Like, I actually looked into it. I was hoping I could play it. And you can't. But now there's Minecraft Dungeons, and Minecraft Dungeons is pretty good, so. Yeah, uh, Can you actually... put that in writing for my PR team? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is Minecraft Dungeons not doing well right now? It's fucking oh, no, it's great. It's doing great. It's doing oh, great. It's just probably one of the... That was a joke. Okay. It's actually doing really well on Mixer, I've noticed. Yeah. Good. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons fucking rules. That is a good game. Uh, like, I like it a lot. Yeah, like, what are the I'm I'm not allowed to describe it as baby's first Diablo, but it has been described that way by other people. Yeah, it. Uh, it hey, uh, uh, use the word. It's a distilled Diablo experience, as opposed to baby's <laughs> first Diablo experience, which I no, actually agree with. Like, I'm it's still good. not allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, am I going to be the only one that answers what got me through quarantine? No, I was no, just going to ask. Gonna answer that. Yeah, I was going to ask Charles. Charles. Like <laughs> um, I mean, okay, to bring it down a little bit, like the mm. first month and a half, maybe two months, like depression was actually like what was getting me through. The fact that I was like feeling so, I don't know, flat and numb to everything was how I coped. But recently, uh, my brother and I have been getting together and playing a lot of games together. So it's like having that connection that's been really getting us through. And like, um, he's, he and I have been playing uh, Minecraft Dungeon. Uh, he was never a Diablo fan, but uh, having a game where we both kind of like have the same experience going through it. Like we don't have different classes. We're just doing the same dungeons. We're working together to get through things. And like anything we pick up can be for us. And yep. we can talk about like the unique items we've gotten together. Yeah, Minecraft Dungeons is amazing. Like I'm glad you guys are playing that. Yeah, so that's been good. The other night we did a kind of like family game night thing where we played some Jackbox. And then I actually did that for my Monday night stream. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to play some uh, Trivia Murder Party and some... Uh, what's that? Uh, Gespionage. Mm. Since Jackbox, what is it, like Party Pack 3 or something is on Game Pass. Mm -hmm. It's like, I already have it, so, you know, let's go ahead and play it. And I actually had, like, uh, so my brother joined in uh, and his wife. And we got, like, some random people who also showed up and just started, like, joining in and playing through. So, like, I don't know. It's It's been, like, connecting with people in that way has been kind of nice. And, of course, we... we uh, my brother and I just started with the new season of Destiny. Destiny just did a huge announcement of their like three-year plan, what the expansions are going to be for the next several years and where they're going with the game. And it was like, okay, let, that's great. Let's actually go ahead and do this next season. We, like a lot of people, skipped last season. Uh, I don't know if you know, Destiny is on a, a seasonal thing. So like every three or four months, they've got like just a chunk of content. It's like 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. So we finally like joined in for this one and we've been playing together on that. Just like going through the story and exploring things. And like he hadn't played much for a couple of years. So he's like picking up all the back content. Yeah, it's it's been like that kind of like just personal connection that it's been like helping me get through uh, a lot of the stuff that's been going on recently. Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line with me playing Minecraft. Like I, I personally right. found Minecraft important to me in a way 
that was both personal, like I wanted to express myself in a world that was safe and made sense and wasn't crumbling, but really that didn't really matter to me unless there were also buddies that could come see it. So yeah, it was absolutely the human element that uh, elevated, I guess I'll use that word, like elevated the game out of like a fun pastime into something that really was a buoy in um, uh, fucking 2020. Yeah, I mean, I will say like uh, a game I've been playing solo has been uh, near Automata. Nice. Uh, okay, so, so, so re- reality doesn't make any sense in real life. You might as well play Nier Automata. You know what? I don't find it to be as much of an existential mindfuck as Soma was. Like, that game really messes with you. Sure. Uh, as as far as, like, you know, what is what does it mean to be a person? And Nier Automata definitely tackles this concept of, like, what does it mean to be an entity? And I'm only, like, in the third chapter. I haven't finished it yet. So I've only played through like 2B's story and then 9S in that same time period story. And now I'm playing like the story beyond that. I'm like, oh my fucking God, what is going on with this game? And that's interesting, but it's not quite the same as like getting on, you know, chat with somebody and just enjoying a game and like having a a, a person that you're talking to that's enjoying the same activity and like doing this thing together. Yeah. I don't think this crew needs to be told that video games are a powerful medium, obviously, but I think, uh, I, I personally work with people. One of the people I interviewed with is the VP of sales of my company, and he straight up told me, first off, he asked about what Darkadia was because it's on my resume. And he was super interested in it because they like, you know, creating content and whatnot. But then uh, he, I told him about video games and I gave him, I, I decided to roll the dice on the honest answer of what I like about video games and what they mean to me. And because it was like the third week of quarantine by that time, he straight up said like, yeah, I never played video games my kids and I can't connect now because we're stuck in the house and we need something to do. I've been playing a lot of FIFA with my teenage son. And then we connected over playing video games that way. Like, I think this quarantine, if it's going to have an impact on popular media, I mean, obviously it's going to have an impact on popular media in general, but I think if it has an impact on like the masses consuming media, I think, you know, there's video games, uh, there's games on computers, games on consoles, handhelds snuck in there thanks to Nintendo, and then everyone had games on their phones. I think this quarantine is showing a lot of people that would never, ever, ever want to spend their time playing a video game, the value of video games. Like, I think this quarantine is really opening up the eyes of a lot of people to just kind of equalize the playing field that maybe FIFA is a good time. I mean, we can see that based on just like the virality of of Animal Crossing, right? Do you know how incredibly weird it was? I wanted to bring that up. It was so, so I played Animal Crossing back from the the first Animal Crossing game. I I think I Mm -hmm. played every Animal Crossing game, most of them, if not every single one of them. And it was so strange when people started asking me, when I started saying, yeah, I've just been playing some games and random people, including like my therapist started asking me, Oh, are you playing animal crossing? Wow. It was very similar to when game of Thrones got really, really, really popular having, you know, read the first book in like 2003, like read them back in like 2004, I think is when I first read them. And then all of a sudden everybody is talking about this thing that you have like intimately known about for forever. It is so incredibly strange. And I'm sure this is all part of why Megan's work has been insanely busy and probably more busy than maybe ever. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. And a million percent, that is one of the things that I've been working with our PR team is like, how do we amplify those stories about how gaming brings people together in this time. And this is not a plug for Game Pass. I want to be very clear about this. If you have the service, great. This is not me telling you to buy it. We've been working on stories of families that are trying to, like, how do you stay connected with kids? How do you how do you do that? And one of the, the things that we've talked about is in my line of business working on Game Pass is that, you know, it's it gives you a whole library of games to choose from great. But it's specifically, it's, it's about the connection. It's about like, how do you stay connected together? How do you do things when you can't go outside and you don't have that same outside stimulus and that, that outside connection? And what is it that you can connect over? And so the, the ability to have a, 
a whole catalog of games to do that. And a lot of that, like John, you were not the first person to talk about Minecraft in that space. Like, I mean, yeah. like literally we have blog posts about that. Like it's about a month old and I'm happy to point to you be like, can mm -hmm. I put you as a source on this thing? Right. Like that's out there. And it's, it makes me so happy. The The part that I struggle with is how do I have that conversation with also recognizing gaming as an addiction, right? So there are people that are struggling with this, like in the world of, of gaming. And how do you do that when that is your only source, your only outlet? And now you also have to recognize like, when are you spending too much time on it? Yeah, I, I think a lot of us are spending a lot more time gaming mm -hmm. than we did previously, or at least some of those people, like maybe as we started this call with, maybe not all of us, because a lot of us are very lucky to have continued gainful employment mm -hmm. uh, during this situation, but some people don't. And so there's a, there's a line there. And, you know, like I struggled to make sure, like, how do I amplify those stories and be like, this is really important. And like, how do you use gaming as your solace and your, your connection while you are locked away and being safe during COVID, but also not too much. Don't cross that line. Like, <laughs> so, so do you, do you have any tips for that? Do you have any, like what, if you can share some of that messaging with us, I think that would be really cool to hear about. I mean, number one is, uh, if you think you need help, get help. Like, like very first, like I am not a professional resource, right? So let's be very clear on that. There are certain things to, to look at, like when gaming is the thing that's excluding you from your friendships, from your family, from anything, if gaming is the thing that is stopping you from those things, that's maybe a, a moment to take, like reflect, you know, that's not to say that if you can't do something because you have a set gaming night with, with your other friends right. and you want to reschedule for a different evening, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like, you just refuse to have external connections because you only do gaming. Like those are like, there's, there's different layers to this. So there's also times where is gaming putting you in financial distress? Mm -hmm. Are you purchasing too much DLC or loot boxes or uh, just buying too many games in general? Like just to be honest, like the gaming is it a ridiculously expensive hobby. So uh, this is, you know, it's something to really keep in mind. Like, is that something that is actually putting you in more harm than, than good? So that's not to say that you can't game, but it's, you know, those warning signs where maybe that you need help. The CDC has classified types that like video gaming is can be an addiction it is very specifically that like i i kind of cringe at that like video games as an addiction right like it's it's really more about gambling it's really more about addictive personality disorders it, it is certain like there there yeah. are nuances and lines to that so i like i said i really don't want to be considered a source on this i really want to point anybody who thinks that they know of anybody that's suffering from this, anybody who who sees that and sees some of that in themselves that, that they should seek help. Um, and uh, we're, we're in a great time these days where your uh, many doctors are seeing people online and not have to go in person. So that's cool. And I know that there are a lot of resources out there. If I can find connections, I will definitely put them in, in the show notes. Um, and if not, then hit me up. I'm literally saying this individually. If you, if you have questions on this, hit me up. My yep. Twitter is at Megan is rad. I'm happy to talk about this. I am not an expert. I'm not a resource, but I'm happy to help find some things and, and point people in the right direction. So it's, it's a challenge, right? Like to, to celebrate how people are connecting to make sure that it is not too much. I'm lucky that I work, if anything, I work too hard. I'm in that spot where shit's weird, man. We're in a video game console release year and E3 got canceled. How do I do that? <laughs> that's weird. So like, there's a lot of stuff that that's like very strange. And so, you know, we, we play video games. I'm one of those people that Hannah mentioned that picked up Animal Crossing that I never played any of the other ones. I was like, okay. Uh, I, you know, I definitely laugh at my friend's mug that is a picture of the last generation of Tom Nook uh, with a, you know, bitch better have my bells. Um, <laughs> I can tell it's last gen because Tom Nook has pants now. So, you know, <laughs> I did that for a while until I realized, man, I'm doing this every day and it's turning more into a job than a, than a fun. Uh, and so I stopped. Animal uh, I Crossing. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still stuff I kind of want to go back to and do, yeah. but I was like, nah, like this is like getting into the, like, I need to go in and also check my emails and check my messages and also check my animal crossing. I'm like, Oh no, that got into the bad category of shit that I need to do. Let's stop that. See, uh, I was lucky because the exact same day that it came out was doom eternal. Mm-hmm. And so I just started playing that and my Doomicorn is fucking fabulous and I love it. And I played that <laughs> constantly. Thank you, Twitch. And to absolutely nobody's surprise, I'm replaying a Dragon Age game right now. I was looking at a couple of different sources talking about some insights on, on the next Dragon Age game. And, you know, there's uh, with some of the old folks from Bioware that got rehired and working on the new Dragon Age game. And there's both speculation and both confirmation of some of the things that they're working on. And they're talking about a, you know, a plot line that involves a spinoff of of the last game. And it literally is something that I actually didn't do. And I'm like, how is that the one thing that I never did playing that game? So I'm, I'm doing a replay because shockingly that is, I would, I would be so mad at myself if we got to the next Dragon Age game. And I was like, are you telling me that I never actually romance this one character that has this one plot line that might actually be the thing that spins off the very next game? Are you serious? You've been, so, you've been so. gifted the opportunity to replay the entire fucking thing. So <laughs> yeah, you have oh, actually love reason this time. I actually have a reason. I mean, all of the other times I've played it, it's just because I wanted to. I will have no problem telling people I just played it because I want to, because this is my comfort food of video gaming. And that I will not mock anybody. You've played that game 800 times mm-hmm. and you're in your 801st. Fucking go for it, man. Like I have, if, you, if I told you all that I was playing Gabriel Knight again, you'd be like, ha, that's awesome. Yeah. In like, no way, like, don't judge. Yeah. Somebody wants to play their game. I am playing Dragon Age because it is a story that I love and I am having fun with it. And there's something like a new concept of it. Like I wanted to explore. Mm-hmm. That's what's getting me through right now. I'm nice. playing other new games and I'm having some fun with it. I'm also looking at, uh, you know, I'm definitely exploring what can I play and explore for Black Lives Matters. Like what are medium in that space that I have never explored before. And I'm a little sad that I hadn't. And I'm glad to have the, you know, brought to my attention that I haven't looked at that before. I'm also looking at games within pride and people, you know, like how, what are games that are both developed, produced, published, and um, featuring the story of people, you know, LGBT plus you know, experiences, uh, like that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. And I'm in that space where I'm looking at this for like the long haul. This isn't a, you know, it's not like Black Lives Matters at the end of February. Right. Pride doesn't end at the end of June. And let's be clear, like COVID doesn't stop just because some states are opening up in, in waves. I'm working from home at least until the end of October, if not longer. Um, like this is, you know, the, the space that I'm in. So some, this is like for a while and some of these things should be forever. This isn't just a, a moment. So I don't know, man, it's weird to be like, this is what I'm getting through right now versus like, these are the things I need to change for forever moment. I have a poster that I bought from Anita Sarkeesian that is in my, my alcove and I love it, which is you'll be critical of the media that you love. And I think it's probably the best statement that I could think of for any of these moments, which is there's a lot going on and you need to really think about and process both what you're consuming, what are you actively looking at and and what is the stuff that, that you love and can look at it and be like, wow, there's a lot of Caucasian people in this game and maybe not these other perspectives. And I can still like this game, but I can also be critical of that moment and encourage them for the next one and be like, that happened then. What are you doing next? That was a soapbox and a half. So hi, I also need another beer. (laughs) So so two things real quick. Uh, One, just to get into the uh, uh, pride space and just a game I want to recommend, especially if you love Metroidvania games is time spinner. Yeah. Uh, Real good. Yeah. Uh, looks very, looks fabulous. It, it's very LGBT friendly. Also deals with like other like alternative stuff like uh, polyamory and whatnot. Gets like 
just brought up in it and doesn't make itself like center stage. It's just a thing that happens in the game. Sure. The other thing I wanted to mention, uh, speaking of media and just like going back to almost like the beginning of the whole pandemic thing that we should talk about that we talked about on the last episode is the end of fucking Star Wars Clone Wars. So Hannah, if you haven't caught up. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I tuned out for a second. And yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to take my headphones off and you guys are going to have to talk about it. No, no. I got... You should just catch up. We should talk okay. about this on an entirely different podcast because okay. there's just too much. Oh, also, also, Hannah, have you finished watching She-Ra? No. Have you watched any of this? Can we can we set up a cast where you and I can just watch some She-Ra together? <laughs> yes. Because absolutely. I would very much like to watch it with you. Because oh, I need to cry some more. Thanks. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I guess Charles is invited now, but I, like whenever I would, I would very much like to watch this. I'm show sorry, the last half of the most recent season is just a tear fest. Oh no, you you cry in every season. Yeah, like that's the thing. Oh, Anyways, well, I was yeah. gonna say Charles, you're safe because I've only seen the first season. But if you cry every season, then well. every season, yeah. <laughs> you them. cry yeah. every time the uh, the meme. <laughs> <laughs> makes you yes. cry every- anyway yes i would very much like to do that I- i'm in this very strange space where since i'm at my mom's place i don't have a gaming anything here I-, I mean i have my switch but like my personal i have my work laptop obviously that i can't do anything but work on and then i have like my 2015 macbook like there's not a ton that i can do with it although someone very close to me um actually also recently started working on some stuff for minecraft as well and that person has been uh trying really hard to get me to play minecraft with them which i was not super into the idea of but i think john has swayed me a little bit more towards giving it a shot or if nothing else minecraft dungeon even though i'm uh, it's a little hard for me because it's kind of like well, why would I play Minecraft Dungeon if I can just play D3? But I guess I can't play D3 right now because of the hardware I'm restricted to. So one of the things for me is uh, I have always, always loved really bad horror movies. Uh, Gravy horror movies are one of my favorite things in the world. And that grew out of uh, a shared love with my mom. And so we have been rediscovering that since I've been here. Uh, I want to hear all about this. So I'm just, I'm so... (laughs) It's funny that you mentioned Doom because we actually mm-hmm. watched Doom Annihilation, which was just bad. It was not so bad that it was good. It was just bad. It did. Wait, I, I, I'm not familiar with Doom Annihilation. It's the sequel to the Doom movie. <sighs> oh my God. The Doom movie was bad enough. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, they made I a sequel. watched the Doom movie. I mean, at least the Doom yeah. movie had the rock, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Okay, we already said that we're watching Twister. I'm sorry, Twister comes first. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it really should. It, it, really, it really does. No, I actually can't recommend Doom Annihilation. It, it wasn't... I Watch the first Doom movie. You'll have more fun with it. Doom Annihilation was dumb and boring. Dumb, boring, very frustrating because there were so many amazing things that they could have brought in from the game that would have either that would have either made it a good movie or such a bad movie that it was then good again but they just they totally missed the mark it was very sad i i hate to interrupt i really do please do i i cannot believe that not only was doom not a great movie but a movie you could watch a a movie that decided to go into first person by the fucking way oh that Uh, happens in the second one too i I just like "Mm." that that happens in the second one as well but the fact that the second movie is Doom Annihilation and it's terrible just brings back like the wounds of Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. and Mortal Kombat Annihilation because the second one was so goddamn bad. So bad. It's like they did it on purpose. Like that, like somebody <laughs> knew. Like they knew what they were doing. Okay. Somebody knew at some point in time, wow, this movie is going to be awful. We need to warn people in the know that it's going to be awful. Uh, what do so, we do? Some, <gasps> some, some underling recommended the word annihilation and then some suits took it and it actually bubbled up to the top. Yep. <laughs> I, I think that I think we might have stumbled upon what happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I, I can't recommend it. Um, we've watched quite a few really fantastically bad ones. So far, my favorite, and I really highly recommend everybody watch it, and just bask in how terrible it is. It is called Army of Frankensteins. What, 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 what? Army of Frankensteins involves the creation of a Frankenstein, not a Frankenstein's monster, excuse uh-huh. me. No, yeah. no, no, they're Frankensteins. <laughs> and some of the people involved in its creation and the creation being sent to the past, uh, specifically to the Civil War. Yeah, I see that. 
Yep. Yes. Uh huh. And um, in in the process of this happening, uh, the one Frankenstein becomes many Frankenstein's. But perhaps the best part about the many Frankenstein's is that the many Frankenstein's. I'm going to spoil this movie. You should still watch it. Trust me, it's not going to you know, it's not going to ruin your enjoyment of this terrible, terrible movie. There was a period of time where a nurse who was an ex-slave is in a hot air balloon with a Frankenstein. <laughs> It, it just happens. And she gives this... That seems normal. Uh, yeah. She gives this Frankenstein... I'm going to just keep calling it a Frankenstein because it drives me fucking insane mm-hmm. that it's called mm-hmm. a Frankenstein and mm-hmm. everyone needs to deal with this with me. Mm-hmm. She gives a rousing speech about the, the, the power of freedom and the abolishment of slavery and how, uh, how the Frankensteins, the army of Frankensteins, if you will, can, can help the North fight for, for liberty and freedom. And with each of her sentences the Frankenstein has absolutely no idea what to do with his hands and so he just kind of keeps moving his hands up and down and his response is and um, I guess through his very emphatic of 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 his inspiration his message is spread to the other to the other Frankensteins on the ground again the army of Frankensteins if you will and they all also raise their arms and go, and, and, and as they're inspired to help, help the North fight for, for what's right. And every single Frankenstein is just the same guy photoshopped in. It's just <laughs> the same frames duplicated like 70 times and they don't even try to no, make it any, that's, any different. That's some Sharknado shit. It's beautiful. Also, a, sh- a movie I've never watched. Uh, but you any know what? Of them, about- any of the Sharknados? Like, what do they have to like six now? Sharknado one like is that. worth your time. It's really good. So I do agree with Sharknado one, but I do kind mm. of think like the thing about Sharknado is that it was made. And why I'm not as into those types of movie is that it was made with a self awareness, right? Like they knew mm-hmm. how bad it was going yeah. into it. Army of Frankenstein's is a hundred and twenty percent sincere, my dudes. <laughs> I love it. This is a real, authentic. Somebody felt some passion and some strong feelings about these Frankenstein's, and in the end, in the end, they tried to stop the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, and they are unfortunately, <laughs> they are unfortunately unsuccessful. The the main Frankenstein. Um, is also killed in the assassination and the main character returns to his time period and and embraces the woman he's left behind and jokingly she uh, he calls her on a bet that they had had in the beginning of the movie she owes him five dollars and and she hands him a five dollar bill and on the five dollar bill instead of president abraham lincoln is a frankenstein (laughs) (laughs) all right that is fabulous uh, also, it's streaming for free on Tubi. T-U-B-I. Uh, yes, right I, I highly recommend Tubi if you want to see some real, real entertaining creepy Re- movies. Uh, my mom. Some real I, lunkers. Oh, some just some real piles. Just some. Just some. I wonder oof. if Ninja Vengeance is on there. I wouldn't be surprised. It seems to be the tone they're going for. My mother, <laughs> my mother's amazing at picking out grade B movies and she actually discovered Tubi. And this was just a movie that like automatically came up to play after the movie she watched before it. So like once you get started, it's just going to go and you got to be <laughs> careful. Like I'm just telling you, <laughs> if you've got to work the next morning, if you if 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 you are not feeling a hundred percent there, you've got to be careful with these movies because there's too many of them. Oh my god! So yeah, big recommendation. All right, we can keep talking forever because we're yep. just a group of friends that are getting caught up. But I do want to recognize that Hannah is on the East Coast. Yes, and at husband. some point, I know that you also work West Coast hours, so you probably need to go to sleep. So I do. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining mm-hmm. us. Thank you, friends, mm-hmm. for uh, joining us remotely and uh, helping us stay connected and also at a safe distance so that we don't put everybody at risk. So yep. appreciate everybody's time. You can follow us on social media. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, 
Google Music, we would as well as, sorry, and Mixer. I should give a plug to Charles' Mixer as uh, if it didn't get on the recording before. You may occasionally catch the Dorcadia intern just jumping in like a freaking missile in front of the uh, the camera. That happens. Uh, she does uh, that. And also I've been playing things like Jackbox where audience members can join in. So like good time to pop by the, the stream. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that being said, uh, thank you. Um, and we would like a rating. Please give us five out of five. What's? I mean, it's clearly Frankenstein's. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's clearly it's the most Franken. thing we've had. Let, yeah. <laughs> yes, but let's let's be let's really be true to the source material. It needs to be five armies of Frankenstein's. Not <laughs> yes. just five Frankenstein's. We must have Which five. Which sadly are armies. still not enough to save Lincoln. I mean, no, it's not, but, you know, again, we need to respect the source material, Charles. (laughs) I don't know if we do, but okay. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. Who's going to say bye-bye? Oh, that's my job.